That generation is all about sexual experimentation. All the kids are going by. So what, if all the bi kids are jumping off a bridge, you're going to do that too? <laughs> I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. When did this happen? When did the sexes get all confused? Somewhere between Gen X and Gen Y, they blended and made XY. Maybe I do have a problem with this. Hi, everybody. Hi, Mirandas. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to the Mirandas podcast, everyone. This is Mirandas season three, episode four, boy, girl, boy, girl. And boy, do we have a great girl. <laughs> and boy, wait, wait, do we have a... <laughs> I'm dying right now. I'm dying right now. And you know what? I've had a long week of teaching and those kind of jokes... Am I so yeah. loud, Gilly? No, you're not. I just realized I'm connected to my um, internal microphone. I need to get on my other one, but I'm going to keep that in because that was so ridiculous. <laughs> we have no, my little sister, Rachel. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Yay. We're so happy you're here. Hey, pretty girl. <laughs> she looks she looks very beautiful. We we purposely don't include video. I mean, if people want that, we could maybe transition to YouTube. Um, but Gilly and I come looking <laughs> I know. Haggard. I'm like, I would love to grab a screen cap for tonight, but I also look really bad. <laughs> but you know what's funny? We're doing what we talked about last episode, in which here it goes. We've got the hot, pretty girl in front of us who looks really nice. And now you're making me feel bad about myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Capricorn, okay? It's <laughs> so am I. This, this is just whatever. No, but... I'm so excited to have Rachie on. She's not what I would describe as an avid listener or fan. Like, I doubt that she's listened to more than five episodes of this. She's definitely not like my mom, my brother, or my older sister. Um, Nick, Nick is an avid listener. Nick, I don't know if he's an avid listener, but he's definitely listened to more than 50% of the episodes. Oh, my God. Wow. Listen. Listen, that is because Nick Listen, uh, you're are you very you're very you know, you can't listen. Nick is a better person than I am, then he's a more attentive person than I am. I absolutely classify myself as a fan of the show, but there's nothing I'm an avid any like consumer of. Nothing. Like bullshit. How many episodes of Psych have you watched in your life? Psych? I don't know, maybe a thousand. Okay. <laughs> okay, let me do this. Like, how many episodes of New Girl have you watched? It's a great show. Probably a thousand and one. Okay. That show makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> okay, my, my dear, you are an you are an avid listener of many things, and it's okay. You're not of the pot, but you know what? I think after tonight, <laughs> we're going to get you there. I've been listening to in preparation all week, re-listening to episodes because I listened to a bunch here, and I just haven't listened to them all in one row. Um, but I just finished before we started this. Uh, I was wrapping up the episode with. Catherine, her older sister. Um, And that when you're talking about the video with he who shall not be named, like when he made that and you were like, you're like, I was in (laughs) tears. I was cracking. I was laughing out loud. (laughs) I was pouring my wine because I was like, me too. We were all so upset. I know. I listen. I think you guys are great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're so excited to have you on the episode tonight. Um, Like I said, this is season three, episode four, Boy Girl, Boy Girl. And it is, I'm just going to say it, not a good episode. 
What? Oh my God. I have so many notes. Deeply problematic. <laughs> it was problematic for sure. I used the, the eye roll emoji multiple <laughs> times in my notes because I was rolling my eyes so much. My notes are full of exclamation points. <laughs> Like, ah! <laughs> well, mine always are good or bad, but unbridled enthusiasm. <laughs> so before we get into it, I'm going to give a quick summary for people who haven't watched the episode. Um, okay, so this episode tries, attempts to tackle the differences between feminine and masculine energy in terms more than of that. More sexuality. Than that. Self-presentation. Yeah, and feminine and masculinity in terms of sexuality, presentation of self, dominance versus submission. Like there's a lot of themes that any former woman studies major is very excited to unpack. Um, the way this show does it is very interesting. Carrie, this episode is dating a guy, Sean. He's younger and he's Eddie also Cahill. bisexual. Yeah. And he, so he's bisexual and that obviously puts Miss Prudy sex negative in a tailspin and a great discussion can be had about this dynamic. It's, Miranda, it's a, this episode yeah. um, questions her own feminine nature in relation to Steve because she's not that excited about committing to him and having him live with her or just be in her space. Charlotte goes kind of um, drag or drag king and dresses up as a man to kind of deal with her masculine energy inside of her for this artist posing. And then Samantha has kind of a dominance and submission thing with a boss and an assistant, kind of the genders turned around and it's a whatever. Yeah. And like, I think what's like, yeah, I I know. I think what's like really, um, Something that I want to point out is that, like, the episode doesn't really do – I mean, it doesn't do a good job in a lot of things. But there is not really a a distinction between gender, gender expression, and sexual orientation. And, like, those are all – I mean, those are different things. And, like, they conflated all three of those things together to be, like, boy, girl, boy, Mm -hmm. girl. So it was, like – you know, it's complicated. I mean, you know, because there's so many variables and there are different intersections for different people. And so, um, yeah, I, th- I think this will be fun to talk about. But they're basically like there's started, one binary and that's what we're going to talk about. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But before we really go deep, I wanted to ask Rachel, um, who's Sarah's little sister, mm. which character do you identify with? <laughs> That was actually something I gave a lot of thought while I was watching this episode in particular. Um, yeah. And I always love this like part of, of your guys' episodes because I'm always, my, my <laughs> yeah. answer always changes. Um, like if I'm having like a really bad, like self self thought day, I am like Willie Garson's character. <laughs> Rest in peace, Rachel. Not <laughs> in homage to, to him. Um, the fact that I can't, I'm blanking on his character's name, and I remember the Stanford. Stanford. Yeah, Stanford Blatt. Stanford. Yes, yes, I yeah. got it. Um, like, I know what that guy's apartment looks like, but for some reason, I can't remember his name. <laughs> um, but no, I would say that, you know, I myself probably identify as like a Miranda at my soul. But in terms of like, honestly, overall, like reservedness towards certain things and style, Charlotte. I, I really like, like, just like stylistically, and the fact that she's often kind of the buzzkill, <laughs> like, socially, it was just like, oh, you guys are nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to go knit something. Um, but yeah, I definitely not a Samantha. 
deeply not a Samantha and definitely not a Carrie because I think she's a villain. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, we've talked enough shit yeah. about Carrie. Well, I was, what was I really listening to the other day where you were like, you're like, this is the first time I realized Carrie's a villain. Like you said, so, one of you said yeah. something like that. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. She is exceptional in this episode. <laughs> like there is so much At to talk At one point I was typing quotes and it was just like, me? bam, boom, boom. One me too, me too. I had a pause like rewind. Offensive Olympics, and she's winning I, gold every time. I'm looking at my notes right now, and the very last bullet point I have, and I said once and once again, we find Carrie the unwitting villain in someone else's narrative. <laughs> like, like, wow, at, done, that, writer. at the end of that episode, she's walking away like, ooh, just like, like <laughs> nailed that little part of my life story. And you know that guy's like, fuck <laughs> you, bitch. <laughs> I love it. She Irish exits. I know we're getting ahead of herself. We're Irish getting exits. ahead. We're getting ahead. Because I <laughs> but, do have thoughts yeah. on how okay, this what? episode ends. But where do we want to get started? Because like there is so much. And like, <laughs> how about Sarah? Why don't you kind of I got it. I already know the topic. Let's start at the top of the episode. Okay, so the first episode that I I mean the first topic that I think can branch all the other episodes smoothly is talking about feminine energy versus masculine energy and how we present that, what that means. Um, You know, there were so many funny comments about what being a woman means and what being a man. I mean, I think Charlotte at one point states like, I'm bad at math and can't change a tire. It's like, oh, dear God. I know there like, were some that... really annoying tropes like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a the lot of it. sock and... being stuffed down the pants. I, it's like Freud. Freud was a contributing writer on this episode. He was like, finally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I thought particularly in this episode with Miranda <laughs> and how she doesn't feel quite like a woman because she's not super excited about Steve moving in. She's not somebody who prepares meals and and gets upset with herself and and just all these things. Miranda decided to turn to Manhattan's latest fitness craze, the goddess workout. All right, ladies, open up your chakras. Let the inner goddess sing. She's in there. All you have to do is let her out. This is going to help you be a woman. I'm going to find my inner goddess if it kills me. And pop your hip. Pop your hip. And Steve goes, it's like you're the guy sometimes. <laughs> Someone I has to be Steve. hated that so much. I know. I rolled it's, my eyes at everything. It was like, oh, women are this way and men are this way. And if we're like doing, it, and even Samantha's job, like, oh, she was the boss. <laughs> that was very unwomanlike to be a boss. It was. It just felt so antiquated. Like, I don't know. Like I know. This episode did not age well. Um and the binary way of thinking in which feminine qualities, masculine qualities are super dynamic and we all express them in different ways. Um, they, this this episode – and I, actually, I, don't, I think Samantha's probably the only one who was a little bit ahead of her, her, her peers in this episode, particularly when Carrie was talking yeah. about dating somebody who's bisexual. We Particularly being bit, part of the Me Too era on the villain side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah, that's totally. true. <laughs> um, but I, I'm curious what typical feminine qualities you both have and what typical mm. like, masculine qualities you guys have. Rachel, take it away. Interesting. Um, and I was, I think I, I want to preface this by saying that I was watching, I, this is my film major, like 
when I was briefly a film major in college, side taking over here, like watching it through the lens of of more sexuality and that kind of thing. But it's interesting that you guys are bringing up like the presentations of femininity and masculinity because that's something I like without even intending on focusing on that. You pick up because it's so inherent in discussions of sexuality and preference and bias and all of that stuff. Um, I just think that's I I was picking up a lot of that in this episode in particular and like all of the episodes. But to answer your question about how I mean, I think you and I are probably tied for being the girly girls of the Cullen family here. Are we allowed to say our last name? Are we? (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, anonymity is very important in the podcast world. (laughs) We're going to be thronged. They're going to find our address on Google. Uh, Well, our mom has traditionally some masculine That's exactly what I was about to say. I remember, not even remember, a couple weeks ago, months ago now, um, (laughs) Sarah and I were in Rhode Island, jealous much, (laughs) Providence of all places, um, getting ready in our hotel bathroom for our aunt's wedding. And my mom, our mom came in to get help with her makeup. And she looked between both of us and she was like, how did I get two such girly girls? And it was just such a funny, you know, appropriate reference point for the kind of mom that we have in comparison to like kind of how feminine I think you and I both can be. Um, we were not raised. So yeah. Um, no, you, I was just saying we were not raised by a highly, you know, feminine mother. Um, and I would say that a large part of the, like the pleasures of my life are our makeup and clothes, jewelry and design. I like to have candles and flowers at all time. Like I lean into soft romanticism in a lot of aspects of my life, like kind of unapologetically, um, which took a while to get to, you know, through the journey of, of feminism and everything throughout my life. Um, I wasn't always that way, but anyway, I would say that I am, I'm a girly girl as much as I kind of, you know, don't necessarily love that term at all times. Um, I'm never going to be a girly girl. I never will. I'm never going to be a lotus flower. And may I just say thank God? A girly girl would want her boyfriend to move in. Yeah, she also wears makeup to the gym. And makes little hearts above her eyes. <laughs> no, my, yeah, you're actually very feminine to me. And some of your, like, the, if we look at feminine in this, like, softness, vulnerability, mm-hmm. these really beautiful qualities, you really have yeah. that and, and so, I celebrate those qualities to, I like them in people and I like you have them a very myself. masculine sense of humor you're basically I a do. trucker <laughs> oh god yeah like in terms of most content I like and um and jokes and humor I tend to be a little bit gross um I mean like I, I love your podcast but the podcast I fall asleep to at night is like and they found her severed head in the kitchen counter like me too me yeah. too <laughs> like my my comfort <laughs> content is is like grizzly murder or just like Bob's Burgers of the League um so I think I present very femininely I know that's not a word but feminine femininely I'm gonna go with femininely um femininely femininely I think I present <laughs> very feminine I present feminine. as yeah. highly feminine but the things I enjoy in life if we're going on that sort of binary tend to lean towards masculine um like I think the tenor of my voice I think um you know the books I read are like highly Rachel you read fairy smut I <laughs> read fairy smut <laughs> because I'm basically a virgin <laughs> okay. but like 
<laughs> if I'm rating for things, I'll actually you and I like the same borderline <laughs> pornographic free Kindle novels. And don't we you forget We contain multitudes, okay? If you look at my Goodreads, it looks like two, two halves of one person exist. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. One is just like... <laughs> Slut fairy porn and yeah. like murder mystery. One is like winged furry porn. Not furry porn, like furry porn. <laughs> Where Erotica. Fairies. And then the other half are like suspense thrillers set in like 1850s English. <laughs> like, Honestly, some of the, the the Kindle romance game, I haven't read honestly, a ton of them. But remember that book I, I told you about, The Kiss Quotient? Oh, Amazing. I read that and the two sequels, babe. <laughs> Immediately. I Immediately. know, so good. Okay, so something I, I'm curious about. and you, you mentioned this in which you said, oh, I like the the League. Okay, something I can't stand, and now it's made fun of a lot, is the the girl who pretends to be into guy. I'm things. not like other girls. And, I like sports. <laughs> no, yeah, no. And now I feel like, <laughs> yeah, are there girls that gen are genuinely like that? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like the people that like memorize sports facts so they can recite sports facts to men. Everyone's met a girl like that. It's like a TikTok. Yeah, but it's interesting in that it in in order to in a sense appeal to men in the stereotypical you have way, to be like you a have man. to downplay aspects of femininity. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that what's attractive to a man is not what inherently makes like some feminine qualities oh, or yeah. feminine interests. Um and it, it is it is a little bit of self-hatred. Yeah. My God, yeah. What I find interesting is that in Carrie Bradshaw's world, like, you wouldn't exist or, like, she wouldn't understand you because, and, like, <laughs> not to, like, out you on our podcast, but you are bi, am, which is yeah. why, we br- why we brought you on the episode. I'm the token, I'm <laughs> and- the token bi friend. <laughs> <laughs> we have two token bi friends. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm kidding. Um, too. <laughs> so basically, like, yeah, I, I, in Carrie Bradshaw's world, I think that like you can't have that complexity no. and be by as a woman. Like, I'm, I, I, that's what I was kind of missing from the episode was that you know we because I, I, I have that in my. Know, there's a lot of yeah. yeah there's stigma around being by, especially for men like even now and so mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you want to touch on that since you said you have some notes yeah um i want to pull them up because i was i was struck by something in particular and i can't remember exactly where it fell on the episode How about, while you pull that mm-hmm. up i'm gonna just give a little bit of briefing mm-hmm. so carrie's dating this guy sean who he asks her what was your last longest relationship? She does this little fucking performance. It's like, get over it. And then he says, well, there was like this girl, then this girl. And before that girl, it was Mark. What about you? Well, before you, there was Kayla, really neurotic, last of the year. And before her, Leslie couldn't commit. And before Leslie, there was Mark. Is that a problem? And Carrie's just <gasps> in shock. Mm-hmm. And honestly, 
If I was Carrie, I probably would be very surprised too. I don't think her reaction oh, was I would be surprised also. Unfounded. Yeah. Right. And I don't think her also confusion and apprehension is unfounded no, either. No, I, I really don't. don't. I don't want to shit on her for that. Okay, Rachel, so whatever you think. Uh, well, first of all, speaking of like you're mentioning her reaction to him disclosing his sexuality. And I said, you can practically hear the Kill Bill sirens playing in Carrie's head <laughs> when he says Mark. She's like, <laughs> she's like, no, does not compute. Just the idea that like no what like someone is not as aggressively heterosexual as Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> like all she thinks about his dick. <laughs> um, yeah, but I did want to touch on the point that how to this day that the persistent persistent idea of of men who are bisexual having a harder time being taken seriously um, versus women who are bisexual. And I think maybe that's not the right way to phrase that. But the way I put in my notes is, and if I can scroll down here, basically in even now and especially back then, I think women who are bisexual, they almost are written off or not even written off, but you get to be seen as like, oh, that's sexy because there's this perception of girl on girl in our culture culture that is is pornified and it's commodified. Yeah. And sexualized, commodified, all of that shit. And I think I was actually I'm a big Gilmore Girls fan. And I was Me just too, girl. watching an episode um like randomly where Paris made out with tried to make out with Rory at a bar. Um, oh, because yeah. she wanted guys to be into it. And I I, yes. I saw that and I thought about how often we see that repeated in our culture and our media yes. where women use the girl-on-girl trope to get guys' attention where it's just fully male gaze. There's no female gaze involved because it's not women genuinely wanting to be with other women. It's women wanting men to see them with other women. But at the same time, at the same time that's very harmful, it's also a form of escape and protection when you label yourself as a bisexual woman, because you get to have the appeal, uh, you know, have that appeal assigned to you. That, oh, you're into women. Like you're open-minded, you're fluid. You, cer- you have a certain grace applied to that. I find that when people do that, like, and it's surprising to hear that people still doing, do that. Mm-hmm. It's like they use someone else's sexual orientation as a vehicle to like garner attention. Yeah. yeah. And that feels really unfair. Oh, it for sure is. Um, yeah. Um, no, and that's because that comes with its whole own list of pros and cons, but bisexual women have that experience. And then obviously I don't have experience as a bisexual man, but I've, obs- I know bisexual men. I have, I have been romantically intertwined with bisexual men. And I think they have this harder burden to carry where a lot of people assume bisexual is just a, you know, a station on the way to gay. Layover to gay a layover town. layover to gay town, exactly. <laughs> to call As Carrie. Carrie Bradshaw would put it. <laughs> I'm not even sure bisexuality exists. I, I think it's just a, a layover on the way to gay town. Isn't that right next to Ricky Martinville? You know, I think it's great. <laughs> He's open to all sexual experiences. He's evolved. It's hot. It's not hot. It's greedy. He's double dipping. You're not marrying the guy. You're making out with him. Enjoy it. Don't worry about the label. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, but, but okay, let's be honest though. I, <laughs> okay, here's the thing. When I was in New York. Bottoms up, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> when I was in New York, 
Mm -hmm. I, when I, I'm still here now, but my first year that I was living here, um, I was seeing a guy who I believe was bisexual and just a couple things and like later talking to whatever, just doesn't matter. And I didn't, it didn't necessarily bother me, but I did, I don't know if I find it that attractive and I really have to kind of figure out why, what is it? And is it rooted in homophobia? Like what is it rooted in? And and like truly, and I'm okay putting myself on the chopping block to like look at why that wouldn't be as attractive to me. Um, and why for a lot of men that is, that would be attractive, right. For like, if they found out that you were bi, right. And it's all the things you're saying, cause you're, that's seen as sexually appealing, but for a lot of women, it's seen as two men It's seen as not. Yeah. Well, I think that we could even look at the episode itself and remember when, um, Carrie and what's the guy's name? I don't know. Sean, Sean, Sean. Remember when Carrie and Sean, they've just made love on her rental floor. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and she's you pestering know, him. Yeah. yeah and she she's so pro- probing him. Yeah, exactly. About like, you know, I still like can't get over this. You know, she clearly you can't get over street it. And you saw a man and a woman in front of you. Like she's just <laughs> a guy, a hot guy and a hot girl. Yeah. Like, which one do you choose? Yeah, she just she wants. And he says it's the yeah. person. It's reassurance seeking, which we like to call her out for doing, which she does it all the mm-hmm. time. And she she wants – she's a pick-me girl. Mm-hmm. And, and she's a, a – Yes. Like, but – and she's – what she's asking is she's doubting his trueness, his true sexuality, which is saying like I am attracted to both. And she just can't believe it. So what she's saying is like trying to ask him questions to the to prove it and to kind of figure him mm-hmm. out and question him and and plant doubt. There's so much doubt that she has towards him, um, and you and he's so grace gracious and graceful. I put that and, in my notes. So I was like, if her. someone were that condescending towards me about mm-hmm. something, I told them definitively I identified as. If they were trying to find a loophole to label me as something else, I would have thrown one of her ugly ass shoes at her. Like. Like I, the fact that he was (laughs) like, no, he's like, he's like, I'm into you. He's like, I desire, I forget his exact wording, but he was so graceful and gracious. He's like, I'm into the person is what he says. Um, He handles it so well, which I think, um, you know, gives credit to that character because she was being, I, as, as reasonable as I find her needing to process this because, you know, that's entirely new to her. And, you know, that's, she has every right mm-hmm. to do that. Like the way she was approaching it, it was just like classic Carrie Bradshaw neediness and mm-hmm. totally. just complete disregard for the, like someone else's truth. As much as I think that's overused, someone's truth. Like she, she constantly asserts her own needs and her own like selfishness and whatever else, whatever part of her personality but when someone else is is telling her something, she needs to wheedle them down. I don't know. I it was very exasperating to watch. And it's, I think it's important to point out that in order for her to seek the reassurance or to like receive the validation she needs, it needs to be through like him choosing a like a gender that's hers. Yeah. A female. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that really strange. And like, you know, I, I mean, again, it's like another Carrie tracker of <laughs> just 
are, many like, are, of this yeah. episode. Yeah, like, are you, like, interested in, like, do you want him to be interested in you and, like, accept you for who you are or just for your... Do you care if he's into women only or do you care if he's into you only? Yeah. 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 Which I think can be traced back to the fact that, like, you look at a relationship with Big... And she is constantly not chosen when she's chosen that person, you know, and she just has every relationship she has, has these echoes of either her choosing someone else, like with Aiden, (laughs) not to get ahead of ourselves, behind of ourselves or, you know, Um, but in all these relationships, (laughs) she just like, if she's not into that person, she'll ghost them. But like, she needs to know that they're into her above all else. You know, there's no introspection. Right. And he point blank said, I'm crazy about you, which is, I'm sure, something she'd be dying to hear about from Big, you know? If Eddie Cahill, a half naked <laughs> Eddie Cahill, had said, I'm crazy about you, I would have passed out. <laughs> I had the fattest crush on Eddie Cahill growing up. Speaking of fattest like sexual awakenings and realizations about myself, like he was in Charmed. He was in Friends. He was in Glory Days. He was in this show. This is a, like a D actor. I love yeah. that Rachel knows. He, but he was, he's one of those random actors. He's like, there's a bunch. I swear to God, there's probably some I, random hyper-specific IMDb list about actors that were in these like 90s early aught shows that were very soft. They had this floppy hair and like very romantic characters. Um, but he in particular, like, it's one of the reasons why I remember this show. Cause I always thought he was so cute and he's so appealing in this episode. Cause he makes no apologies for who he is. Oh, totally. He come and to he with seems his tail between his legs saying he's bi. He's like, yeah, I'm bi. And I'm crazy. He's about very you. confident. Yeah. It's yeah. sexy. I think I, there were so many just awful quotes and in, in, in scenes in this episode that made me cringe. But the one in which they're oh, I know which the, one you're gonna say. <laughs> I don't this one isn't it. I, I this okay. isn't you're not gonna know this one. So this is when they're sitting at the bar and she notices him look up and she's yes. like, All right, who are you looking at? The guy or the girl, and he's like, Carrie, I'm looking for the bathroom. <laughs> that was more that was mortifying. Yeah. I have that line mm-hmm. down where Same. that quote down where she's like, okay, mister, who are you checking out? The guy or the girl? <laughs> and it was like, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's so much to say and, and, and like kind of a waste of breath also at the yeah. same time. But like, yeah, I feel like in general in dating, like, I don't know, I go through therapy. So like, I feel like I have a lot of, uh, hopefully <laughs> self-awareness, but like sh- her insecurity is just like, really just like on her sleeve and um i just felt that was like so i give her that she (laughs) yeah flag fly (laughs) (laughs) i mean um but at the same time my note is that i think there are people who are still like that i'm sure and rachel maybe you can speak more to that but i'm sure that there are people out there who are like i want you to choose or who don't believe in bisexuality or who are like insecure and like and i can't say that for myself that i've i don't know if i've dated anyone bisexual i don't think i have so like at the same time maybe in the back of my head i'm asking that question myself yeah um it's interesting i also one final note about that bar scene i you know i one second where was i you know that shirt he's wearing in that scene with like the roses it's just like a uniquely sex in the city shirt and i said it reminded me of that scene in 30 rock where 
uh, Jack thinks Liz is gay and she says, I'm 100% straight. And he said, those shoes are definitely by Curious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 like, his shirt is definitely by Curious. <laughs> okay, well, I want to... Um... So I want to like switch the combo to one of Carrie's like, you know, she's typing away at her computer. But I couldn't help but wonder. And I know that we don't need to break down every Carrie Bradshaw like diaristic <laughs> thing that she's, <laughs> yeah, that she's typing. But at the same time, for like for fun, let's just do it. Um, basically, Carrie's typing away on her column and she's saying if women can transform men. And men can transform into women. Maybe gender doesn't exist anymore. She was so close to the point. <laughs> I, I know. That was, that was funny. If we can take the best of the other sex and make it our own, has the opposite sex become obsolete? <laughs> and so I just, for shits and giggles, wanted us to talk about this this question. If women can transform into men and men can become women and we can choose to sleep with everyone, then maybe gender doesn't even exist anymore. If we can take the best of the other sex and make it our own, has the opposite sex become obsolete? It reminds me of that scene in that movie <laughs> with Matt Damon, the Martian, where they get like really close to hitting the planet, but like bounce off of it. I was like, you, <laughs> I was like, you came so close to critical gender theory in like a really beautiful way. And then instead you just made it about heterosexual. Again. <laughs> like, oh. That's so, yeah. yeah. Um, oh God. <laughs> this is where we, we like to call this the like the AP lit part of the Mirandas where we really try our best mm-hmm. to do like an, an AP English class yeah. level analysis of, of Carrie's thought of her wonderings. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I personally would like to think that the opposite sex has become obsolete. And that's not me being like, oh, I hope blank, i.e. men become obsolete. But I just... That's not what I'm thinking. Like, I personally just think that, like, I wish that some of this black and white binary type of attitudes and language and, you know, opinions were kind of just washed away a little bit more Mm -hmm. because I think that there still is a lot of binary um, social construct things that we're still kind of working through. And I'm really surprised to see, like, sexism in small ways to the, you know to this day mm-hmm. you know it's funny so I hear you you say that and I agree with you because I'm a modern person <laughs> I have progressive ideals and yet I do in some ways hold some some traditional values and not and, and, and tra- saying traditional values makes me seem like drab but I I like the the like kind of the binary oppositions of women and men. And I know that can cause a lot of damage to both men and women, but sometimes really having a strong feminine identity can feel really nice and feel really like creating community within women and then men creating space within. I don't know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going the right path (laughs) with what I'm saying, but as much as I agree that we want to see a little bit more, 
openness and like and fluidity between gender expression or feminine masculine qualities there's something to be said that i think there are differences between men and women and those differences and should be really honored i think but maybe that's missing the mark a little bit i don't know i don't think there needs to be you know speaking of binaries like a binary of like I don't know. You have to, you can hold progressive ideals um, or you can believe in traditional feminism and masculinity. I think that it's easy, especially nowadays where everything is just so like black and white. It feels like, especially on social media where you're like, God, if you like, God, have you ever watched Friends and you liked it? You're like, you're a fucking homophobe, you know, like that <laughs> that <laughs> idea. Or it's like, like if you were raised by a straight mom and a straight dad who weren't divorced, like, like <laughs> you're oppressing people. That's like, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I agree. And yeah, I I think most reasonable people would agree. I think it's very easy to look at like a certain section of like Tumblr and Twitter and think that like most people, quote unquote, think that you you're only truly progressive and open minded and I don't know, a a citizen of the world. Woke. Woke. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My least favorite term. If you have completely upended your perception of gender. Uh, and I've certainly felt that pressure where it's like, what was I, I was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about like career paths and whatever. And I remember when we were like preschool and kindergarten, when we were doing career day, like homemaker was an option. Oh, right. Like being a mom and staying at home was a career option. And it's totally non-existent today, but the the conversation I was having with like having with this person was basically like it's okay for homemaker to still be on the list you know and yeah, not totally. yes. and not because I think women women need to be homemakers but because men can now be homemakers and also like there's no shame in being the person who I would say seventy percent of our generation was raised by which is women that stayed home and committed themselves to their kids like that is a yeah. a consistent feminine ideal in my life is a stay at home mom. And I think it's, you're not a, you're not a liberal villain. If you say that's still something to be admired and upheld, like that's just one example of many that I can point to where like Sarah, you were saying like feminine masculine is still something to be, you know, honored. A lot of us grew up with that and weren't hardened or oppressed by it. Um, Mm -hmm. And also just being in the binary, it's okay. Like myself as a bisexual to say like, yeah, I'm bi like men and women, but like, I know we're going to completely different category here. Like I'm not necessarily into, you know, butch lesbians or, you know, pansexuality, all of that shit. Like it's okay to set your own limits on your perceptions of femininity, masculinity, even if you exist outside of that spectrum. And I probably just wrap like, no, I, I, I love what, you, no, what you said was so eloquent and, and on point. And I think it speaks to probably why we're we really frustrated with this episode mm-hmm. because yeah. it ignores the dynamic aspect of identity yeah. and the, and the show itself pigeonholes characters and makes mm-hmm. them like Samantha 
never gets the opportunity to really be dynamic or show different sides to herself. And Charlotte particularly. Miranda does. Mm-hmm. I think that's maybe why we like Miranda. Is yeah. Because she's able to – and even in this episode, I mean, Cynthia Nixon's an awesome actress. Mm-hmm. And the you could see – the confusion she was feeling, Mm -hmm. the wanting and the not knowing and the wanting to identify and be something but not feeling like she is. I think she did a really good job portraying that dynamic aspect of identity and the confusion when who you feel you are is pinned against who you're expected to be. A woman who leans towards a more masculine presentation in career and relationships and honestly like presentation like the short hair the pantsuits and all that stuff who still has this innate (laughs) urge to please and a comfort in being someone's girlfriend and wanting to wake up to steve in her bed even if at first she was rejecting that idea because she's miss pantsuit but that I think a lot of her story in this entire series is working towards accepting that she can be, you know, soft, soft, that she can be soft and that she can let people in and that she does not have to be ice all the time. Um, And I think that is just as much of a parallel to our conversation earlier as anything else about like femininity, masculinity is that you can be 99% masculine or what we perceive as masculine and still benefit hugely from the 1% of you that is a good friend and a good mother and soft yeah. when you need to be. I, I love yeah. Miranda. <laughs> and what's, yeah, I love Miranda. And what's, yeah, I, and going into more of like gender expression, like the episode with, um, the episode when it, like, it's dealing with Charlotte's plot, which is, oh. she's with this, artist and it, it actually reminds me of a bunch of mm-hmm. artists um but they're um she's basically working with this um contemporary artist who i guess has um women cross-dress into men and it's um some sort of social commentary on men and masculinity and um charlotte poses as like a kind of like a finance businessman and um the show, I mean, this this part of the show, like, is addressing gender expression, gender fluidity, which is really different from sexual fluidity. And um, mm. it it made me, but it, but it was very, like, simplified and reduced, and it actually wasn't even pointing to those distinctions, which we now have more, maybe, you know, now in 2021, we have more language for, mm-hmm. we have more discourse for. Um, but it did make me wonder, kind of, and, and made me want to ask you guys, like, how do you think the reboot will discuss sexual fluidity and slash or gender fluidity? And, and do you think it will know the difference? <laughs> <laughs> I have zero faith. <laughs> zero. So I, I predictions, predictions. Some of the the pictures from the um the the set, and they have that one actress who is from uh, Grey's Anatomy who played the she had the long dark, dark curly hair, but she's now I think she identifies as they. I, I I'm not exactly sure. Ramirez Callie. from Cali, yeah. yeah. She is on the show. Yeah. She is on the show as a they. Okay, interesting. And she's like, a 
Like she's a non-binary podcaster. Like her character? Yes. Oh, her character. Okay, got it. She's a non-binary podcaster that Sarah Jessica Parker is becomes friends with or communicates with. Interesting. Maybe she's gonna call Carrie out or something. Like she's gonna put Carrie on the spot. It's, I would love for that to know. be true, but there's no way. Like that show sucks. Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker's dicks yeah. too hard to ever yeah. like have anyone actually call Carrie Bradshaw out. Like, they, I would also can. Oh, you guys. Like, can you imagine like being, let's say, like trans or non gender binary and like Carrie Bradshaw being your friend? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, maybe it would be useful. Be the most dysphoric um, experience of your entire life. I mean, look how she treats Stanford. She treats him like an accessory. Yeah. And yeah. his sexuality, his personality is something for her to kind of use at her whim and make her feel – I mean, I do believe there's a friendship there. And, it, yeah. and it's a very stereotypical friendship that's portrayed, the kind of bitchy, straight female with the, like, pithy, sassy gay friend. Stanford Flash yeah. might as well be a chihuahua in a – purse like that is, <laughs> his entire aesthetic is just like someone's pet i think when you and what carrie in this episode is trying to grapple with is the the idea that a man in this in, in this case a bisexual man could be both sexually equally. equally sexually attracted to men and women and equally attracted romantically to men and women because i know there are a lot of people because I, I i was something i've learned about and it's like, if you look at orientation, there are people who are sexually attracted to men and women, but are more romantically attracted to women. Mm-hmm. There are men who are, can be sexually attracted, like can have sex with men and women, but are romantically attracted to women. And it's not just like, there's the sexual attraction aspect mm-hmm. and there's the romantic aspect mm-hmm. too. And I think for carrying this episode, it, well, first of all, she can't, you know, wrap her hand around, around either, but for her, she's just so, um, confused by, yeah, I mean, it's just doubting. And I think she says yeah. it in this and that she says like, it's, you know, a stop, a, a layover to Gayville next to Ricky Martinville, which was bad. Right. It's, and what are your thoughts on the um, spin the bottle part oh. of the episode with Alanis Morissette? First of all, who in the history of time has ever not wanted to kiss Alanis Morissette? I know. <laughs> like, Ew. Uh, like, she's Alanis Morissette. She was on everybody's fucking wall in the 90s, like gay or straight. Well, like, it was funny because I thought it was kind of like an unreal. Uh, it was supposed to be this like hyper bisexual like depiction, you yeah. know, and it just it felt really unrealistic. When um, have you guys played spin the bottle since high school? I played once in my life and it was in college. Once. <laughs> and that's too. it. Once in high school. But you know what? If you look at this scene, they made and I think they did a huge disservice to bisexual individuals in this episode this whole episode is the them as being able to <laughs> yeah right is as having this almost incestuous nature relationships yes. like oh, you dated this this person it's mm. fine we're free spirit and it was playing into this trope of like non-committal it makes it seem like the lgbt community is just one giant bacchanalia like it's some great yeah, exactly. fucking circus it's- where everybody's got their genitals out and like a sub it's <laughs> And it, which is like genuinely funny, and honestly, you you get to know enough gay and lesbian and just the LGBTQ people in your life, and you do realize there's a ton of overlap. 
Like, because yeah. there's not that wide of a community and you, you're introduced by people, friend groups intermesh and that's how people meet and feel safe. Absolutely. Which is, is valid, but the way it's portrayed in media for like heterosexual, like shits and gigs is like, these people are just like horny and like non-monogamous yeah. as fuck. Yeah. It almost feels like when you see the baby on the guy's chest, it feels like a sight gag. Yeah. 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 It's like, <laughs> look yeah. at these gay dads, huh? Who has, their, totally. who has their baby at a party where people are playing spin the bottle and like drugs so well. I'm like why are the gay parents neglectful <laughs> oh my god oh my god Rachel that's, see, that's, that's a, a good, good point that's a really good point I don't know did you guys catch this point part where it's like the first person it, like first people are doing kiss the bo- uh, spin the bottle and they're about to kiss and someone's like, get a room. And then get in the background, dam. someone's get a dental dam. <laughs> and I, I wrote that down. Did a triple take. I was like, did I did I make that up? <laughs> did get I room. hear that? Get a dental dam. <laughs> <laughs> like, so clinical too. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just like so absurd. Even then, and also even then like, that was not a topical reference to. Gilly, are we giving that an ancient scroll? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. We're living in the age of coronavirus. It might it might be a good thing to have. That <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't speak to coronavirus being sexually transmitted, but also it's definitely possible. Oh, whoops. It's a girl. Try again. It's okay. Of course it was okay. I was in Alice in Confused Sexual Orientation Land. Another Carrie thing that she said when she leaves the party, you know, like the bottle lands on her. And she's like, oh, it's a girl. Spin again. And like, that's uh, so nice. Oh my God. That was so stupid. And I know. She's, she's like, it's says, a girl. Yeah. I was Alice in the sexually confused <laughs> land going down the rabbit hole. I'm like, oh my God. They're not sexually confused. Like, you are. <laughs> yeah. You are confused. <laughs> she had like, she had like a top 10 kiss of her life from Alana's Morissette. It was like, ah, look, like, I'm going to go smoke one of my stupid fucking cigarettes that I've never smoked all the way to the end. (laughs) And I, so I really want to, I know that we're like, we're getting close to time here, but I, okay. Before like talking about Miranda and Steve real quick, I do want to talk about how this fucking episode was concluded. (laughs) It was concluded in like such a fucking ridiculous way, which was basically Carrie like realizes that like this bisexuality like these people like aren't her people she's like "Mm, gross (laughs) yeah (laughs) and she she just gross she just leaves this like NYU fucking apartment and she's and basically it ends with her being like you know what like they were them and I'm just me and I'm taking my old fart ass home quote <laughs> and i was like so that's how we end up <laughs> you've learned nothing so you're just taking your old fart ass home okay got it no, it's no i think that actually made her more radicalized to the right like i think she became more self-hating to, and having more hatred and like phobias towards people like yeah that. it felt like a fox news article where they're like let me like men holding babies on their chest <laughs> like probably fornicating group sex together and then Carrie's like I will have no part in this 
Legit, that is a note I wrote at the end of the episode is that, and I noticed this person <laughs> earlier on in the episode with Charlotte, and I noticed it constantly <laughs> that they take Charlotte as close as they can safely get to empowering yeah. herself without actually having her empower herself. This happens again and again and yeah, again with her character where she like she embraces her masculine side, the the power yes. of yes. feeling like someone else for a moment and then asserting yourself sexually with a man and like really enjoying it. And then after that, like we fade to black when they have sex, she's like, she's like, and yeah. she never called him again. She was too embarrassed. I'm like, embarrassed of what? <laughs> yeah. Like and it then seemed she like said, they had a great time. She may be that kind of man, she but she would be never that be kind that of, kind of woman. Because she's oh. got to have her pearl necklace and her Upper East Side apartment. And it's like, you can have both. It's really okay. And they do that to Charlotte yeah. constantly. And with all of these characters consistently where you... They just like we were saying earlier, you just orbit around the the point where like they could have used experiences that they're lucky enough to have with people to become better people, and instead they're like, well, "I'm gonna walk home in my high heels and not change at all for the better." <laughs> like I'm gonna hurt people's feelings. I'm gonna accept Miranda. Except Miranda, who constantly works on herself, constantly, it, constantly. I think this is why we're becoming. Like we were the Mirandas. Like, no, she is the most relatable yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Because she's not stagnant. And no one, no one wants people have enough stagnancy in their own lives, watching it as a character, especially re-watching it as an adult and seeing that people constantly have a chance to improve themselves and like, you know, be open to you know, growing as people and watching them just completely go against what they've learned it's frustrating like this show when i was younger yeah. i watched it for like pure entertainment and i think that's true of a lot of shows that people rewatch with the nostalgia factor you know applied but you watch the show as an adult and you're like why aren't you kinder why are you not becoming a better human being whereas miranda yeah like you were saying is is like she goes from thinking that she's just this cold bitch basically to letting people in and loving her kid and i don't know not once again, not to get ahead yeah, of ourselves. Yeah. But. Well, what are we, what kind of fashion are we um, going to chat about this episode? Oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. Charlotte's dress Ooh, at the gallery uh, and her hair I fucking loved. Oh, oh she yeah. looked great with that long pony. I didn't pony. like her hair. I wish they oh. brushed those curls out. Interesting. I like the ponytail. Okay. I thought she looked very I, Jenny Kane. But the curl was not brushed out she had like three ringlets <laughs> very orthodox <laughs> yeah it was very orthodox but i loved her black the turtleneck yeah, sleeveless yeah dress. that's just classic. i loved um K- carrie's chunky blue knit sweater with the blue leggings mm-hmm. yes and, like, the gold belt they were at chelsea pierce mm-hmm. i thought that was really cute yeah yeah i also did i did like what she wore to the spin the bottle party which was like the giant flower with the pleather, like one arm. One of, the, one of the characters was like, Are you wearing pleather? And she was like, Yes, thank you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Carrie was the Karen of Spin the Bottle. Then. I know. Everyone was like, Who bought this bitch? <laughs> like, <laughs> she's boring as fuck. But, and then Miranda, this isn't a fashion call out, but I was just 
I really giggled when Steve was saying, should I draw a line down the middle of the bed? Because like <laughs> Miranda was being very particular about his messy clothes and like her territory. And that like made me laugh because that's like something I would do, which is like, you stay on this side. I am on this side. Oh, um, <laughs> Dakota and I, when we first moved in together, had some because he first moved into my apartment. Yes. And, I was thinking of you in yeah, this episode, there actually. Was definitely a point in which I. I felt territorial of the space. Yes. And and then I remember I ended up – because I had this like giant dresser and it was three giant drawers and I gave up half of them. Oh, my God. And I remember how big of a deal I felt about it. Like, And then when I cleaned it out, I was ready. He's like, you just gave me drawers. It's not a big deal. I was like, it's a huge fucking deal. (laughs) And then we got into one kind of little tiff where – because he works at – it worked at Google, so he always had lunch provided for him, and I didn't. So I would make my food oh, ahead of would, time, and I yeah, had these like quesadillas yeah. that I made frozen. And he was like, wanted to eat one, and then I was kind of giving him shit about it. And then he's like, oh, I'll just order dinner. It was just something, and it really was just what Miranda was doing, which is like this kind of like power thing. We're negotiating space, feeling protective over private, you know, whatever it is. And it's it was very funny to watch them because I could I I knew what Miranda was feeling. Totally. Totally. Like barrel um, over your space. <laughs> you, yeah. You're, you're a Cullen. <laughs> okay. Like I swear to God, there's something especially in the Cullen gene pool where we're like, look, <laughs> if someone like <laughs> edges in on like anything, you're like, get out of my way. <laughs> get out of my shit. Yeah. Any um I, I have a Samantha Zinger. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. Oh, uh, I know exactly what you're going to say because it's what I wrote I down. Mean, there are two obvious ones. There's one that's like where Carrie's like, he's bisexual. And Samantha's like, well, I could have told you that, sweetie. He took you ice skating, for God's <laughs> sakes. <laughs> and then my second one was all the kids are going by. <laughs> I the one I yeah. I also loved her the the trisexual we have her zinger that's exactly what I wrote down I'm a trisexual I'll try anything once (laughs) how about our Manolo rating I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik I I can show you what I I (laughs) see this is the thing and Gilly should we have our guest rate before we do (laughs) my rating always changes Rachie give us your rating I like of the episode. Um, out of five. Out of five. Manola out of five Blahniks. Manola Blahniks. Five this tells you that she's not a strong listener. She doesn't know the <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm <laughs> trying to think about like enjoyment, like laugh for laugh versus like cringe. I would say this is like a 2.5 out of five. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's actually a good point that you bring up, which is like, is my rating based <laughs> on how much I enjoyed it or if it's actually good? Yeah. Um, which, like I said, it's I the SAC major MP where I'm like, is this like, qual- is this well made? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, I'm going to give it a three because it's, what? again, it's one of those cardinal Sex in the classic. City episodes, Alanis Morissette on it. Classic yeah. bad sex in the city. <laughs> it's classic. It's classic episode. So I wrote down my score, and I think I was really, really tired when I watched this because I fell asleep for like an hour afterwards. I gave it a one, and I'm going to take that back. <laughs> um, that is the most egregious rating. I know. No, I'm going to actually go with Rachie and give it a 2.5 yeah. now that okay, we discussed okay. it, and I'm in a little bit of a better mood. You know my rating system is – I'm a fair weather raider. 
You were like, it was overcast the whole it's episode. Fluid. <laughs> it's fluid. Just like bisexuals. Okay. It's fluid. It's fluid. And who's your who's your what were you Aiden or Big? Aiden. I'm bi. Mm. Well, who else would I be into other than the big, big. feminist furniture maker <laughs> who just <laughs> who accepts Carrie's like absolute worst behavior? <laughs> like, yeah. You think I'm gonna be into oh, corporate man. cat? Like <laughs> <laughs> corporate cat. Um well thank you so much for coming on yeah. the pod. Thank you for coming on, Rachel. I love you so much. I hope you listen more now and get your your friends to listen. You have a new committed weekly listener but i love you guys it was so fun you guys i'm gonna start re-watching the show on my own time because watching a couple episodes oh, it's of so it was much so fun, fun. Watch it's it. so yeah. much fun and i always want to go on to more episodes but we've been doing the podcast so it's slowed me down yeah i because you know i'm a hardcore binger and i have not done that with I'm this proud of you nope it's so easy it's like it especially streaming services make it so they like preload it they play it without your consent you're like I don't know. oh i know <laughs> without your consent i love it all well, right that guys is all. we have season three episode five next week and i don't know the episode and my internet is slow <laughs> that's okay we're gonna leave it as surprise. a surprise for our <laughs> listeners all right bye all right. what are we gonna say <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> Bye, Bye, girls. Bye, Bye, spin the bottles.